Hi, everyone. Welcome to, I think it's the third now, video podcast episode and Astro Weather Check. And it is Wednesday, January 24th at 11 a.m. here on the East Coast in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And today, the Astro Weather Check will cover tomorrow's full moon. And there is a lot to talk about. So this might be a little bit longer than the other standalone Astro Weather Checks. But um, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to cover. There's a lot that is relatively rare about tomorrow's full moon. And um, just to reiterate from the last two, <clears throat> what I mentioned in the last two uh, video episodes, these Astro Weather Checks used to be part of every full episode of my Becoming Chiron podcast. Since I've synced with the sun and the zodiac season for the Chiron content, the Chiron and the zodiac signs, I've separated out the Astro Weather Checks because I didn't want to drop them. So the Becoming Chiron episodes have been, the full episodes have been once a month and I've timed the Astro Weather Checks with the moons. So the last one I think was the Gemini full moon back in Sagittarius season. And the one before that was in November on the 11th, which was fun. And I did that one live, which was a little unnerving, but also fun. And that was with the Scorpio new moon. So I'm going to continue this moving forward as far as the podcast episodes go. So I have two more left for Chiron and the signs. This month's was Chiron and Capricorn, and that episode was timed with the Capricorn new moon back on the 11th again, which was fun. So if you haven't tuned into that episode, there's some nuggets in there that are related to the content that I'm going to cover today with the full moon. And I have, like I said, two more episodes to go. So the next episode would, will be timed with the Aquarius new moon, and we'll cover Chiron and Aquarius. And then the full episode after that will be Chiron and Pisces, which should be timed around the Pisces new moon. And then that'll wrap up season three of Becoming Chiron. So I have some ideas moving forward for season four. I've been asking for feedback and ideas from listeners, and I really haven't heard anything. So like I usually do, I always consult Team Spirit first and Chiron. So I've gotten some guidance on what that season I think is going to be about. And I'm pretty sure I might just start doing the episodes as videos and I'm pretty sure that the Astro Weather Checks will continue to be standalone moving into that season and should be timed with the new moons and the full moons. So that's kind of where I'm headed with all of this work moving forward into this year. And it's, it's exciting. It's different. This is still a little weird for me <laughs> being on video and kind of talking into a computer. It's just, it's a little strange. But the one person that did give me feedback said that the standalone Astro Weather Checks are easier to digest. So that was good feedback for me to hear. And thank you to the person that shared that with me, if you're listening now. <laughs> and yeah, so let's dive into this. There's a lot to go over. I'm on video, like I said. So if you're listening on a podcast platform that doesn't allow video, you might want to hop over to either Spotify or YouTube. Um, Spotify, it's just Becoming Chiron. And on YouTube, it's our Seagoddess Healing Arts YouTube channel, and you can find the episode there. And I'm going to share my screen and we'll go over the chart. So that's something else that I've been able to add in doing video episodes. Spotify is the only platform I think that allows video episodes, and that's a relatively new thing feature for them. So <clears throat> our full moon is tomorrow 
at 12.54 p.m. And I'm just going to cover a little bit before we dive into the chart. It's a <laughs> it's another whopper of a full moon. Um, full moons are usually whoppers anyway, but this one is super extra dramatic and intense for a lot of reasons. And the primary reason for that is Pluto. And I'm sure if you're all followers of astrology and you're tapped into all of that, you've heard ad nauseum for over a year now, Pluto and Aquarius, Pluto and Aquarius, Pluto and Aquarius. What does that all mean? So <clears throat> Pluto is the slowest moving planet. It takes 248 years to go around the sun. So when we experience Pluto changing signs, it's a big deal. And this happened once already. Pluto, like I talked about last year, dipped its toe into the sign of Aquarius out of Capricorn last year in March. And we had a preview of that energy for roughly three months from March to June. And then it went back into Capricorn and it's been doing this dance now. And this year the dance continues, but this time the preview was longer. And this year the shift into the permanent shift into the sign will occur. So a good way to work with this energy that I'm going to talk about getting into the full moon, but in general, this shift happened uh, for the second time now last Saturday. So on the 20th, I misspoke in the last podcast episode and I apologize if I confuse anybody. I had my dates mixed up. I had the days right, but the dates mixed up. So the sun shifted into Aquarius and then shortly after like several, maybe six or seven hours later, Pluto shifted. <clears throat> so Pluto and the sun traveling together during this shift is a rare thing. And we'll have this now, the setup, Pluto and Aquarius in the early degrees. And I'm going to cover degrees of the Zodiac too. I think that's a cool way to kind of tune into the energy of the, the degrees and the, the energy of what's going on with the full moon and some other things. So the, Pluto will stay in Aquarius now this time until September 2nd. And then it'll dip back into Capricorn until mid-November. And then it'll finally secure itself into Aquarius permanently for the next 20 years. Huge deal. We will only experience Pluto going over a, a part of our natal charts. So we're born with Pluto somewhere. That's commonly referred to as generational because Pluto moves so slowly. So we're born with Pluto somewhere. Pluto's orbit's a little bit elliptical, so it doesn't spend an even amount of time in each sign like some of the other planets do or most of the other planets do. So <clears throat> because it moves so slowly, it's only going to go over part of our charts. I talked about in my Mighty Squares episode in season one, we will only experience one Pluto square in our entire lifetimes. And that happens not around the same age for everybody because Pluto doesn't spend the amount, same amount of time in each sign. But for me personally, I was born with Pluto and Libra. And for me, that square, I kind of just came up off the other side of it. <laughs> so I'll put a link to that episode in the notes for this one. If you want to talk, dive more into, I, I really did a deep dive <clears throat> into Pluto in that episode, as well as the energy of the square. So if you were born with Pluto in Scorpio, you are kind of just coming into your Pluto square now, depending on where it is. So just know it's moving into a fixed sign, Aquarius, and that squares the other fixed signs, one of them being Scorpio. So that might be a good episode for anyone born with Pluto in the early degrees of Scorpio. So like mid eighties ish 
for um, anyone listening now to tap into to just kind of get an idea and a feel for what's coming with that square. So there's that, and that this is just this is a really big deal. The Pluto, the Sun and Pluto came together before the Sun and Pluto shifted into Aquarius. They came together in the sign of Capricorn on Saturday as well, or Friday, Friday Saturday, the nineteenth, twentieth, for the last time in any of our lifetimes. When Pluto and the Sun come together, and and then they shifted together, so it's really curious how this is happening. So when Pluto and the sun come together, it's a really deep dive into our consciousness, into our identity, into our authentic selves. So I know for me personally, (laughs) I started feeling that energy last week on Tuesday and I liken it to a dark night of the soul. That's really the only, it's the best way to put it. And I know that that's a pretty common term for journeys of this nature. It's an underworld journey. And when we're talking about Pluto, we are diving so deeply into our capacity for transformation, the depths of who we are on a soul level. So the sun kind of infused more of that energy into this whole experience. The sun's kind of separating now, but this full moon will have heavy Pluto energy. And just think back to last week, Um, I'm going through it. Everyone I know is going through it. So this is a very collective and also a very personal experience depending on your own birth chart. So think back to last week, (laughs) think back to March through June of last year. That's a really good way to kind of work with this too. The sun wasn't involved at that point, but that is, like I said, the first time that Pluto kind of dips his toe in. So this is the work. (laughs) This is what we're all being called to tap into at this time. And the energy of Capricorn, Pluto was in Capricorn since 2008. So another good way to kind of work with the the Sun-Pluto energy in particular is to go back to every Capricorn season since 2008 and kind of see what was happening in your life. How have you personally transformed? How have you become more of your own authentic self or not? And if, is that kind of coming up now for action on your part? This full moon will involve action as well. And I'll get to that. So <clears throat> it's a big deal for all of those reasons. Um, also think back to the new moon on the 11th and what may feel like it's culminating now. The lunar cycles, the way I like to work with them are six month timeframes but there is a culmination of the energy since the new moon two weeks ago as well. The The new moon that would be culminating now with this full moon would be when it was new in Leo back in August. I think it was August 16th of 2023. So I work with them from new moon in one sign to full moon in the same sign six months later. What's culminating? What ha- What's happened in your life since then? That At that point in time, we had Venus retrograde in Leo. So um, you can go back to previous episodes that I covered and all that material. And that was a really important one for our heart. When we're talking about Leo energy, it, it Leo rules over the heart. Venus also rules over the heart. <laughs> so that was a big retrograde that brought up a lot in relationships, in particular from what I just saw and what I experienced myself. And you know, what does your, your heart want? So I'm giving this full moon the tagline from the bottom of your heart. And we'll talk about that. Because 
we covered Pluto kind of. <laughs> um, this will be, so full moon opposite Pluto, and I'll, we'll get to that when we look at the chart, doesn't happen very often. And this will be the first full moon in Leo with Pluto in Aquarius. So the full moon will be opposing Pluto in our lifetimes. And if a full moon happens opposite Pluto, it will only happen probably once a year. So with this shift from Pluto happening on Saturday, and now this full moon kind of coming on the heels of that opposing Pluto, it's going to bring up a lot. Um, like I said, full moons are all, always already kind of intense. This one has very intense energy from other planets that are involved. And we'll look at that in a moment, but because it's the full moon will be opposite Pluto. So this is going to bring up stuff that, and I'm speaking personally, but also just from knowing the dynamic between these two, um, this is going to bring up a lot of emotions. This is going to bring up a lot of emotions that you might not even know were sort of stewing beneath the surface. Like I said, this is an underworld journey. There's a whole book written about Pluto and the moon together in different energetic aspects. It's called Hades Moon. <laughs> I would read from that today for you all, but I lent it to somebody and I never got it back. So just think about that. Hades, the ruler of the underworld. Pluto has been assigned as the modern ruler of the sign of Scorpio. So that it's all kind of related when we're talking about the sign and the energy of the sign, the dynamics. The moon will oppose Pluto once a month because the moon goes around the whole zodiac in 28 and a half, 29 days, but it's not always full when that happens. So that's why I said the energy is extra intense and extra dramatic. Also, the dramatic side coming from the Leo energy also. But like I said, remember that it's matters of the heart, really. And Leo is very much about our authenticity and who we are as an individual, how we create, where that creativity comes from. It can bring up some inner child things as well. So just know if you're feeling all of this and you, if you've already been feeling all of this, this is why. So let's look at the chart and then I'll get into some other things that I want to talk about. So I just wanted to make sure that that was up on the screen. Yeah. So here's our chart for the full moon tomorrow. As you can see, like I said, I think I said it's at 12.54 p.m. here on the East Coast in Atlantic City. That'll vary depending on where you are in the world. So here's the sun. That's the symbol for the sun right here, this little circle with the bindi in it. And here's Pluto, fresh, <laughs> only nine arc minutes into the sign of Aquarius. And here's our moon on the opposite side. So the full moon will be at five degrees roughly of Leo. This because the sun is at five degrees roughly of Aquarius. So the, the dynamic between these two signs is one thing to touch on. Like I said, Leo is just heart-centered authenticity and creativity, being our truest selves, our creative contributions to the world. And Aquarius, on the other side, there's the dynamic. So full moons always bring in the dynamic from sign to sign. So there's an opportunity for balance and opposition, as I always say. So Leo is the individual and personal part of it, and Aquarius is the collective. But with Aquarius, and I'm going to read from, um, I'm going to pull for us from my, my Sacred Rebels Oracle deck, because I always feel that aligns so well with Aquarian energy. Aquarius 
is humanity. Aquarius is the collective. Aquarius is the rebel, the scientist, technology. If you remember back to pretty much right around the same time, coincidentally, quote unquote, when Pluto dipped in, all of this AI stuff really, like I got, I think I got five emails on that day or right around that day that were introducing me to new AI features and platforms that I use like Google, our website, that kind of stuff. So it was just curious, the timing of all of that. I'm sure these people work with astrologers. They have to for all of that to come out on the exact same day in my inbox with that first Pluto dip into Aquarius. So you're probably seeing more of that. Like there's been a, a journey involved with all of that so far, but <clears throat> Pluto is definitely going to take us on an underworld journey into all things that the sign of Aquarius is associated with. And I'll cover Aquarius in more depth in the next episode when I do Chiron in Aquarius. So <clears throat> like I said, this is extra intense. This full moon is a whopper one always because full moons bring up emotions. Full moons are oppositions between the sun and the moon. So there's always an intensity with that aspect as well. But a full moon opposite Pluto. <laughs> so if you're experiencing emotions coming up from depths of yourself that you didn't even know were there, that's why. So the best way to work with all of this is to emote in a healthy way. The best way to work with all of this is to acknowledge what's coming up, acknowledge that it definitely is probably feeling like a dark night of the soul. And we all go through dark nights of the soul over and over in our lifetimes. And with Pluto, it's a death, life, rebirth cycle. Whether that's actual death, which it can be when we're talking about Pluto, or metaphorically. So what's dying off? What's coming up that needs to be acknowledged and transmuted in some way to help you dig deeply into your capacity for transformation? What's coming up in your subconscious? What's coming up from your unconscious? That's the most important thing. And how are you working with it? How are you moving through it? What are you doing? And we'll talk about some ways to kind of soothe during this full moon. But one of the things that's definitely coming up, you see all these red lines here. We have two pretty intense T-squares with this full moon, which will be kind of a passing energy because the moon moves so quickly, but definitely ripe and super intense moving into tomorrow. And then on a few days opposite that when the moon's still kind of full. So this T-square that's happening with this full moon that just adds another layer to this is a square from Jupiter. Jupiter has been in the sign of Taurus and will be until May. And that's been a very interesting journey in the groundedness of our expansion to an extent. So the energy that's coming in from this is really pushing us. Squares are always like threshold experiences. Squares are gritty and intense and really kind of help you motivate action. Motivated action is sort of if you choose to act on it, there, there's always choice there. So the square comes up, it brings in the super intense energy, and then you can sh pretty much S or get off the pot is the feeling of it. So with Jupiter, it's it's our, so Pluto's our capacity for transformation and Jupiter's really our capacity for expansion in some way. 
So anything that's coming up right now is pushing you into that space. How can anything that's coming up or this whole experience expand your consciousness in some way or help you just become a better version of yourself? So we have that. And with T-squares, it's always, so there's an opposition and a square coming from one side and there's nothing on the other side. So one way to work with this energy around the time of the full moon, like I said, moving up to it today, pretty much since last week <laughs> for me, because um, the Jupiter and the sun only square each other twice a year. So we have a lot of like kind of rare-ish aspects happening with all the planets involved. Um, so on the other side, like I said, is Scorpio. So if you choose to, how can you transmute the energy? How can you alchemize the energy that helps you work with it, move it, and then dig really deep into coming out on the other side of it, you know, being a more authentic version of yourself, like I said. So there's that. And Scorpio is a water sign. So just maybe doing something in water with water could be helpful. And then the other T-square that we have happening, and that's been building, is Mars and now Mercury squaring the nodes of the moon. So you can see this hefty red line here and Chiron as well. Chiron's involved in this too. And that's why I'm saying all of this because this is a big challenging, intense, but also prime opportunity to make it a healing journey as well. <clears throat> I call this podcast Becoming Chiron the key to unlocking healing and personal alchemy for a reason. <laughs> so we have that energy very heavily present as well. And Mars, Mars inspires action. So that's why I said this is going to take some action steps. There's probably some kind of shift in perspective happening along with all of this as well, with Mercury being there and involved as well. So Mars squaring the nose of the moon doesn't happen very often. Probably, I'm going to throw it out there. I might be wrong, but I haven't looked at it. Probably one to two times a year or one, once or twice every two years. Sorry, rephrase that. Mars moves relatively slowly takes two years to go around the sun so that doesn't happen very often either and we have the nodes here the north node is at 19 degrees of aries the south node is at 19 degrees of libra we've had pluto squaring the nodes for a very long time that kind of just shifted out within the last several months because pluto was at the end of capricorn and the nodes of the moon shifted into libra and aries back in july so this is the first time now with the nodes in a different place as well. And just to review, if you don't know too much about the nodes of the moon, that is just, it's like soul's growth is what I always call it. South node is a point of release. North node is a point of growth. In your natal chart, you've got nodes and the nodes go around in the sky, constantly moving. So this is a different energy and a different vibe than last year when Pluto was in Aquarius as well. So with Mars squaring the nodes and the full moon kind of culminating around the same time, like I said, it's going to require some kind of action. What is What can be released that no longer serves your sense of peace and balance? That's what Libra is. And the South, though, like I said, is a point of release. <laughs> One of my favorite terms I've heard it described as is the great anus of the Zodiac. Give that credit to Judith Hill. <laughs> so on point, but also hilarious. So with full moons, we release anyway. So this is extra release energy happening as well, but it's going to take you doing something about it. 
And like I said, it's coming in with feelings and things coming to the surface that you might not even have been aware of until these planets kind of clicked into place. Very personal, like I said, very collective experience. North node and Aries. So Aries Libra is pretty much our relationship with others and the relationship with ourselves. And how can it's it Aries energy is daring. It's courageous. It's bravery. It's primal. And the North node has been there, like I said, since July. So we're being pushed into this space now where we're growing into those parts of ourselves collectively and also individually, depending on where Aries and Libra are in your chart. And Chiron's been coming in closer and closer now um, to the North Node. That This will happen exact in April, and I'll cover that more in the podcast. But like I said, that this is also a very deep healing journey. There's that element with the full moon, but also collectively and personally, that's been building as well. Wherever Chiron comes, it's you're, you're being taught something. <laughs> you're being taught how to master the energy. My astrology teacher always called Chiron an inconvenient teacher, and there's a really good reason for that. <laughs> so just know um, the pressure release for this square that's also happening is Cancer on the other side. So we have Mars and Mercury coming together, 15 and 14 degrees of Capricorn, squaring the nodes, squaring Chiron. And then on the other side, there's nothing. So like I said, that's another T-square that's happening with this full moon as well so with cancer it's if, if you're not inspired to alchemize and transmute or if it's too intense for that just nurture yourself do something that makes you feel safe and comfortable and just make do something that makes you feel good cancer is that motherly maternal energy so eat something that is delicious comfort foods come to mind with cancerian energy being just home if you want to isolate i understand that i get it and uh, that's just one way to kind of deal with it too. Cleanse your energy, maybe take a, a bath, a salt bath, if that's something that you can do. I highly recommend <laughs> that will definitely help cleanse your energy. Like I said, just anything that makes you feel good. And we just cleared, <clears throat> excuse me, I need to sip a water. We just cleared the Mercury retrograde post-shadow period on the 21st as well. So there's just been so much kind of two steps forward, five steps back kind of energy, especially with the start of the new calendar year. And this is a good time to kind of look at where you are with um, any intentions you set at the beginning of the calendar year as well. Have those fallen off and why? Can you bring them back? Can you bring them back in a different way now that you have this awareness and energy kind of moving and with you to have, have that momentum coming now? And like I said, the shift in perspective with Mercury and Mars coming together at the same time as all of this, which only happens once a year. <laughs> Lots of once in a lifetime, once in once a year kind of thing, once every two year kind of things happening around all of this. So that is <sighs> our full moon. <laughs> Wowzers, like I said. So we will turn off the chart for now. And other ways that I love to pull in um, to all of this, to whatever's coming up, coming through, anything you're experiencing, just journaling can really help. I've been journaling myself. Um, doing something creative could be nice and fun, something. So just remember, Leo is a fire sign. 
So just doing something that helps you move energy, doing like a creative project or maybe something you haven't tried before. I'm going to do that myself as well. And uh, it's fixed energy too. We're, we're pulling in the energy of the fixed signs, Aquarius, Leo, Scorpio, and Taurus. So fixed signs can sometimes be a little resistant to these kinds of things, things that are new change, but fixed signs hold energy. So the best way to work through that is to move it, emote, like I said, do something that requires action or activity in some way. So <clears throat> journaling, anything that helps you move it, really, it's totally up to you. It's your experience. So what I'll do just to get, like I said, I like kind of diving into the, the channeled imagery for the different degrees of the Zodiac. And these books that I'm going to read from will be for the, the degrees of the full moon. So for Aquarius and for Leo. And then I'll pull a card. I'll pull two cards, actually, on our on our um, live readings yesterday. I pulled out my Spirit Cards Oracle deck and my Sacred Rebels Oracle deck. And the two, I pulled one card from each deck for each person. And the combined messages that were coming through were pretty cool. So I'll pull a collective reading for all of us for that as well. And then we'll wrap up for today. So these are door, door stopper, door stop books, heavy. Um, and there's, so Leo's in one book and Aquarius is in the other. So let's do Aquarius first. So these books are called the Circular Temple. And they are awesome, very thorough <laughs> reference material for I think it's four or five of the different um, channeled imagery sets. So let's look at Aquarius first. And like I said, um, the one set that I'm not going to read from are the Sabian symbols. Those are not in this book. So that's one set of channeled imagery for the degrees of the Zodiac. These are really fun because... They tap into the energy, like I kind of said in the beginning, to the degree. And just remember with these and with all of the channeled imagery sets, you round up a degree. So the zodiac starts at zero and goes to 29. These symbol sets start at one and go to 30. So I'm actually going to be reading from these for one degree of Aquarius. And um, then for the, for the moon one, I'll do six degrees of Leo. Because I showed you the chart, the full moon's at five and <clears throat> five and um, five Aquarius, five Leo. I want to concentrate on the Pluto degree for the Aquarius one, because I feel like that's really important as it's kind of squatting there. And also, if you remember back to, I, I think it was on the winter solstice in 2020, Jupiter and Saturn came together, which is another relatively rare conjunction when two planets come together at zero degrees of Aquarius. So that energy was kind of infused with that experience at that time. And now Pluto's kind of coming into this space as well. So I'm going to read from the Pluto degree, not the sun degree, the Pluto degree for Aquarius, and then the moon degree for Leo. But let's get into it. <laughs> so for one degree of Aquarius, this book says, the degree angel, Yezalel, and the meaning of Yezalel is heaven on earth, fidelity, 
loyalty and allegiance, manifesting slash experimental. And if you remember back to, if you listen to it, I'll, I'll put a link for that episode as well in the episode notes for this. The new moon back on the 11th, I called it manifesting your untapped inner magic. So kind of keep that in mind as, like I said, this is a short-term lunar cycle culmination with the full moon tomorrow of the new moon back on the 11th. So the title for this degree, Deep Resolution of Inner Conflict by Allowing Transmutation to Occur. And the omega symbol, Deciding to Die, A Vampire Walks into the Sunlight. And the description of that symbol, you sacrifice personal desires to a higher purpose. When a way of life has worn itself out, it's time for a change. You're always working to overcome the fear of change and let go of old patterns. You want to bring ancient hidden dysfunctions out into the open so that they may be consumed by the spiritual light. The Pleiadian symbol for this degree in the desert, a way station to comfort travelers. And the description for that. The finding of desperately needed sustenance, even though it may seem nearly impossible to locate. Tremendous resourcefulness in discovering support, even in the most unlikely places. You have the ability to give others much hope a way of being able to appear at just the right time to help them along the way. Impossible journeys are made possible. Support is given to further the long journey toward the finding of self. The Chandra symbol for this degree is a two-headed calf. <laughs> In the description... We all have two selves, the conscious objective self and the unconscious or feeling self. Or on another level, as Eckhart Tolle describes it, the true self and the pain body. You recognize the divisions that exist within the self, which have been created by rigidities of long standing as well as the need to acknowledge and respect all the various aspects of one's being. Whatever parts of ourselves we reject, we inevitably come into conflict with. And the only way to resolve this conflict is to reach across our inner divisions and accept every aspect of who we are. You carry the message that completely opposite ideas can peacefully coexist and actually have the potential to enhance and clarify each other once we overcome the tendency to get caught in the middle of our own opposing forces. And the Azoth symbol for this degree, little scavengers seeking morsels. I'm sorry, I'm a little stuffy today. <clears throat> you know what will feed and nourish you, and you have a keen instinct for finding it and for surviving just as the vampire of the Omega symbol knows that the sun will ultimately nourish it by releasing from its nightmare existence. 
You find nourishment in seemingly little insignificant things, which are nonetheless healthy and sustaining. Love all that so very much. So that is the gist, the undercurrents of the Pluto parts of this right now. And then with the full moon, and keep keep this in mind, like I said, think back to the new moon in August. That was pretty much during the Venus retrograde, I'm pretty sure. And the um, tagline that I gave the whole Venus, the, the mantra for the Venus retrograde experience was, um, I think the closest relationship I have is the one with myself. It was something like that. And <clears throat> like I said, this is definitely tapping into our heart. So this next part, like I said, will be from the degree of the full moon tomorrow. So for six degrees of Leo. Degree angel, Nithael, Nithael, the death of death, rejuvenation and eternal youth, interacting slash experimental. So we have more experimental energy kind of going on here. Okay, the title for this degree, going over and over the same territory in search of new revelations. The omega symbol, hidden photos of a deceased woman are discovered. And the description, the past continually reveals new things about itself as we grow in consciousness and change our perspective on it. You have the ability to shed new light on old truths and express taken for granted information in such a manner that it comes alive in a new way to people. You help others to see how the past has shaped their personality and how it can be renewed and reshaped. You can bring new revelations to things of the past, providing them with a new perspective. Pleiadian symbol, a woman decked out in beautiful finery conversing with another woman who is totally naked. You're aware of pure truth as well as the panoply of outer forms in which it clothes itself. And you realize a full spectrum in this that runs from innocent simplicity to artful sophistication. You have a constant need to re-decide whether you're going to reveal or conceal something. The fact that these women converse implies they're connected by an oscillating dialogue that mirrors the hamster in the Chandra symbol. And the Chandra symbol is a hamster running in a treadmill. Here we find sheer impulsiveness and a compelling need to find positive, healthy ways to exert oneself. There's little thought about the future or even the significance of your actions, but rather an unquestioning compliance with what your instincts are wanting to do. The simplicity of this can be refreshing and can help to stir others to action. I am what I am and I do what I do is the attitude. And this tends to be expressed in a healthy, direct way. Even within limited or restricted situations or when thwarted, I'm presuming the hamster is in a cage, you're able to be unflagging and to keep busy. 
Sometimes there's also a tendency to go over and over the same territory, but rather than this causing frustration, it often results in seeing things in a new way. For such repetition can lead to a deep comprehension and assimilation of what's being reviewed. In this way, the Chandra symbol connects to the new photographs of the woman in the Omega symbol, where, the, where new revelations come to light concerning something that one presumed were past and finished. The Azot symbol, a glowing meteor speeding through the atmosphere. You do things passionately and in flashes of brightly burning intensity. Your energy has a quick fleeting quality reminiscent of haiku. The extreme contrast of the night sky and the glowing meteor is like the contrast between the two women in the Pleiadian symbol. The key idea here is intensity that heightens awareness. A vivid inspiration that comes through and wakes others up to new realities. I love all that. Mm, that's helpful for me too. <laughs> like I said, I'm going through it myself. So I hope that that sheds some light on the energies for you as well. And then now I'll pull our cards and then we'll wrap up. I'll do a couple announcements and then we'll wrap up. So let's pull from Sacred Rebels first. Receiving card number 27. I love that. That's beautiful. I think that's really helpful too with the water signs and the release of the energy. Ask for help if you need it. Seriously. I'm in that space myself. And then from the spirit cards, Oracle deck. Air spirit, inspiration, breath, spaciousness, card number 11. So with these two cards together, I think that that message is pretty clear with everything that I've shared. And just remember that Aquarius is an air sign. It's commonly, it's known as the water bearer, but it is an air sign. It's a fixed air sign. And that shift in perspective part, I think is really important with all of this, that coming off the heels of the Mercury retrograde post-shadow with Mercury and Mars being so close together at this time of the full moon. I think that it's really important to remember mindset. I've, um, in my own experience with all of this so far, have been very diligent in catching myself because I was on, like a lot of the, the messages from the signs talked about the repeating and the, the, the repeating things and the opportunity for transmutation. And I got caught in a, in a loop myself, just like a, a downward, a serious downward spiral um, on a lot of things that I haven't thought about in a really long time. Like I usually am pretty good with affirmations and shifting into a higher vibration and flipping the script in my mind. Like I'm a Libra, I'm an air, I have a lot of air in my chart. So I'm usually a lot up in my head. So it's important to catch yourself if you 
feel yourself focusing on things that aren't working out or just feel like stuck energy or um, I, I, I've been calling it a catch 22 situation. Just remember that flip the script, switch it. If you're thinking I don't have focus on, I have, and that's the way to shift the thought and shift the perspective, but it's a conscious effort. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> we're um, it's just society and humanity in general. We're just, you know, the way that we talk to ourselves um, the contractions that we use, like don't, won't, can't, all of that. They're, flip it. Can, will, have, should, <laughs> will. Like I said, it's just, um, it, it, you got to catch yourself and bring yourself out of it. And mindset is a huge part. And with this receiving card, I really do feel like that speaks very much to, even though it might feel lonely, underworld journeys typically do there's somebody else in the world out there whether it's somebody that you know or something that you can tap into like my husband calls it youtube university there's a lot of resources out there things that you don't even have to pay for meditations anything that can help and i've been in that as well myself so if you have a support system like i do i have a beautiful team with sea goddess and group of soul sisters that I, you know, definitely asked for help and they helped me in tremendous ways already. Um, if you don't have friends like that or a support system, then there are, are other ways to rescue yourself from whatever you're feeling from the whole underworld journey from the Hades moon. <laughs> um, so just, I'm encouraging you to, if you're feeling that I give up feeling and I've been there too over the last week, don't give up with Leo and Aquarius. Just remember that we all have something to contribute to the greater good and to the whole and individual to individual creation, regardless of how it looks. There's always something that's part of being human. That's part of this earth school experience. We are creative beings after all. So focus on how far you've already come. If you've already had a dark night of the soul, how did you get through it then? I mean, this the flavor of this one is definitely different in a lot of ways, but there's still a way to work through it. So don't give up. I'm not giving up. I got my ass in this chair today, so we're still doing it. And my heart goes out to everyone from the bottom of my heart to the bottom of yours. Breathe. Breathe. It's going to be okay. Nurture yourself take care of you, especially as all of this culminates tomorrow at 12.54 p.m. here on the East Coast. So just a couple announcements before I go, before I wrap this up. Tomorrow, we are bringing back our Soul Space Women's Soul Circle event at Spa Deluxe in Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. So if you're in the local South Jersey area, that is still open for registration. There's still plenty of space available. You must register though. So if you're if you want to come, if you're thinking about coming, please register. The space is very small there. It's limited to only 10 people. There's no walk-ins for this event. So if you want to come, register. If not, I won't be there. <laughs> if nobody registers, I won't be there. It takes me 40 minutes to get over there. So it's only $25 and I'm going to pick up some 
nourishing fruit probably and some crackers and light refreshments so we'll be talking about all of this full moon energy for sure it just synchronicity synchronicity was at play when we picked the date so that'll be definitely focused on pluto and the full moon energy and that's tomorrow at 7 p.m register 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 and then our retreat um we're gonna be adding some day passes so um, if you're new or haven't heard about this yet, um, as a team at FC Goddess, we are retreating to Vermont March 1st through March 3rd. It's a Friday to a Sunday in Londonderry, so Southern Vermont. And we are, we're half full as far as the full retreat tickets go. And we're going we're gonna to be adding some day passes. Actually, I'm going to get started working on that after I complete the podcast today. So if you're in the local area and want to join us just for Saturday, that will be an option. And we would love to have you for the full retreat though. <laughs> so like I said, we're half full for that. Um, it includes workshops, all meals, rooming is shared. We reserved a pretty awesome house. So you can see all of that and find out all the details and look at our tentative agenda on our website, on our retreats page. But it's also, there's a link right on our homepage and there's a link right on our homepage for soul space the women's circle tomorrow night as well for registration so i think that's it for today like i said from the bottom of my heart to yours i am just holding the space <laughs> it's super 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 intense not gonna lie but yeah so i, I don't think i did this at the end of other astro weather checks but the tagline for the podcast is be a maverick so from my inner maverick and from the bottom of my heart to yours. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll have the full episode next um, around the new moon for Aquarius. So early February, probably in two weeks, roughly. And thank you all, like I said, and uh, goodbye for now.